Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross and today I want to share from a personal place, um, which <laughs> you might be sat there thinking, don't you always share from a personal place? No, not necessarily. Sometimes what I'll bring to this podcast is um, my reflections based on what I'm experiencing with my clients maybe um, or what's going on inside the Inner Work Club. But today I come to you with an episode that is purely based on my own experience in business. And it's now, right? It's not like two years ago or um, that's happened previously. I'm talking about something that I am, I have been working through, I am working through, and I want to share it from this place. I think that there's so much um, gold there's so much gold and depth when you can hear something being shared, not from a place of complete reflection, but from a place of like, I'm in it right now. I am going through it right now. And I feel compelled to share the the journey, the actual process. So here I am turning up to this episode with my journal, albeit there is some very scruffy writing in there. So please, in this episode, have patience with me as I share from that what I'm comfortable in sharing. Um, but essentially, what I want to talk about in this episode is how seeing your own limitations, being exposed to your own limited thinking isn't necessarily a bad thing. If anything, what it can do, the power that it can have in seeing your own limitations can take you from a pretty hopeless state to quite a hopeful state. And I want that for you. I want that for myself, but I also want that for you too. So that's what this episode is going to be about. It's me sharing a personal experience and showing you how in seeing your own limitations, in spending time with those limitations, you too can go from hopeless to hopeful if you navigate it with um, intention and if you navigate it in the right way, in a way that is supportive towards yourself and your goals, as opposed to a way that completely shuts you down and almost um, perpetuates this feeling of hopelessness. So let me start there. I Let me start with you and let me start with what I experience with my clients. What I experience with my clients is when they say, they're stuck or they're lost or they feel like they're regressing and going backwards or not making progress. When I experience that with my clients, I recognize that that is producing a feeling and that feeling, it can be described as hopelessness. It can be described as helplessness, spiraling. Um, and it's, it's really real. I just want to validate that. It's the feeling that you're getting in that space. It's really real. And it's also, it can be really overwhelming. And so my, I always recognize that my job in this place is to help my clients see through my questioning, through my coaching and through facilitating a conversation with them is it's likely that you're not actually stuck. You're not actually lost. You're not actually regressing and going backwards or not making progress. It's unlikely that any of those are actually the case, but more likely that the evidence around you makes it seem that way. And therefore you're going to think it and therefore you're going to feel it. And if you feel it, it's therefore natural for you to look for evidence that it's true, right? So just a note on this. I know that when we're in that place, and I say we, because I include myself here too, I have to do all of this work too, because just like you, I'm human. <laughs> and 
what I notice that happens in that place, and I'm talking about my clients, but I'm going to bring it to the example I'm going to share in this episode that I'm currently going through, is our thinking can be really affected by way of all or nothing thinking. We can so easily pendulum swing when we're in this place, when we're feeling a bit stuck or a bit lost or a bit overwhelmed or a bit like we're going backwards or not making progress. We can we can do all or nothing thinking and it sounds like it's working or it's not or it's all going to shit or I'm making progress. Like it's, um, we, we very rarely, our brains very rarely produce the gray area, the area in between when we're in this place. And I want to point that out because I can see from my own journal, I was there too. That, you know, when I flick through the pages, there are some days where I'm like, it's all going to shit, nothing's working. <laughs> and my journal is my safe space and yours should be too. Your journal is your safe space to be dramatic, to be to get out whatever you need to get out. And sometimes the things that you're, for me, the things that I'm getting out in my journal are the hopes and the dreams that sometimes I keep hidden away from myself and from others because by admitting them out loud, I'm therefore carrying a sense of obligation, you know, to them. If I see them, I can't unsee them, that, that kind of thing. Sometimes in my journal, a real fucking brat comes out. <laughs> a real bratty little shitty kickoffy bitch comes out. And that's okay because this journal, as long as no one looks at it, then I can be a psycho on those pages and that's okay. It doesn't need to mean that that's how I think. You know, I am playful with my journal because I understand that it's my space to actually voice the things that I'm keeping hidden in my own little dark room that lives inside of me. But by keeping those locked away and hidden, it's playing out through my actions. And that's exactly what is what has been going on. So um, just going back to this, like the um, sort of setting us up, and then I'm going to give you what, you know, what has been going on, the actual examples of it, because it all started with a conversation between me and my husband. But just finishing this bit off, from that place where we feel stuck or lost or hopeless or helpless, or like we're going backwards, when we look at it from that place, what our brains normally will do is produce more of the same. Now, I'm not saying that your actual experience of the world in those places isn't true and valid. So what I'm not saying here is, I'm not trying to gaslight you. I'm not trying to say that your experience isn't your experience. It probably is. You're probably looking around and you're probably seeing that things aren't working out and the results in business aren't right and da, 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 all of the things that you're seeing. What I'm also trying to suggest is that something else might be true as well. What I often notice with myself and my clients is when things aren't going the way that we wanted and expected them to, we disallow ourselves to see the things that might actually be working or the things that might actually be, um, I'm sure I've covered this on a recent episode, when things are going to shit, we don't allow ourselves to see the things that are working and the things that could be working in terms of manifesting over time, right? So if, if I, let's say I work for a company and I've just lost a big contract, all of my energy and attention is gonna be on losing that big contract. But what I'm not gonna be focusing on is the fact that I'm growing skills during that time, is the fact that there could be other areas of business that are going really well. We have like, like this very limited view. The same goes for when something amazing happens. Like if you win the lottery, a lot of your energy and attention is gonna be on that lottery win. 
And we can sometimes neglect that there's other areas of our life or business that actually do need our attention because something goes, there's a little fire over there that needs your attention while you are focused on winning the lottery. You know, it's like that. We can go into all or nothing thinking. And what I'm wanting to do in this episode is demonstrate to you that when we don't allow ourselves to sit with our own limitations and actually go into the things that we'd rather avoid and stay away from, what can sometimes happen is we perpetuate hopelessness. We perpetuate um, being stuck and feeling lost and feeling hopeless. And instead, what I'm wanting you to do is sit with it. So I'll get into it now. Basically, what happened was um, a couple of weeks ago, I think Jim and I were on a walk. So what we've been doing, um, not every Sunday, but we've been walking into the town that we live in, grabbing a coffee with the dogs and just having some time where we're just outside, getting our steps in, it's lovely. And Jim just asked me off the cuff, why, what is stopping you from growing the inner work club to something that could be really big and impact, like, he wasn't coming at this question from a, why don't you make loads of money from it? Why don't, is, why isn't it more, more, more? It wasn't, the flavor of his question wasn't quite like that. His question was more along the lines of, you clearly are here, your, your career, not your purpose as a human, but your career here is to support people in navigating business and themselves. So why not, why, why aren't you open to doing more of that? Why are you capping it? And when he asked that question, I'm going to be really honest and I'm not proud of this. Um, I dismissed it and I dismissed him. And I, <laughs> I'm really good at evasion. Like I'm really good at tricking myself and other people into a very valid sounding reason for evading a conversation that I want to avoid. I'm very good at it. It's a skill. <laughs> it's a skill and it's a skill that I've developed over the course of my learning and development career you know I'm 37 I think ish now and I've been in learning and development since I was around 18 and so you get very good at conversation management you know you get very good at um, directing the conversation in ways because you have to in a training room of 50 people you can't have conversations going left right and center because you've got a you've got a session to facilitate but one of the one of the side um, effects of that. One of the um, products of that is you become very good at managing conversations. And so when it's a conversation with someone who knows me to my core and they know that there's a question that they want to ask, I can be very good at evading. I can be very good. And and how that sounded with Jimmy in that instance, having a coffee was a little bit like, um, I think the tactic I, I used in this particular scenario was to um, a bit like, oh, it's complicated and you just wouldn't understand it, you know, and that's arseholy and I know that's arseholy and I'm not proud and it, and it's not fair, like he's a clever man, he would understand it, it was I didn't want to discuss it, that's why and Jim's really respectful, he's a really respectful man, like he, when we talk about, we don't, we don't sit and talk about business all the time because we both work for ourselves and I think one of the risks when you both work for yourselves and one of you works from home all the time is that can become your life. And I don't want that for our relationship. Neither does he. And so he's very respectful of pushing boundaries and things like that. And he sort of left it. And I did too. And anyway, when I got home, I 
just wrote in my journal, why can't it grow? And I just left it at the top of the page. Now, that's the first point that I want to allude to in this episode, because I want to let you know that if we're not on ourselves, and you might have heard me in previous episodes talk about being an active participant in your own life and in your own experience of business, if you're not on yourself, you might be able to fool other people, but you are all, wherever you go, there you are. So you can avoid things with other people, but if you try and avoid things with yourself, it's going to catch up with you. And that could be by way of it'll niggle away at you or there'll they'll come a point in business where you're forced to look at something and you're not prepared for that. And so I've learned my lessons by evading and avoiding things throughout the years, especially in running my own business, to the point where I know that if I don't come face to face with the thing that I want to avoid, it's going to come and bite me on the arse later down the line. So all I did, and I just want to highlight in this episode how simple this act was. All I did was I wrote at the top of my journal page, why can't it grow? And then I left it the fuck alone and I carried on with my day. Now, I want to point that out because I think that what a lot of us do when, when we're when there's something that we're avoiding or that's uncomfortable or causes uncertainty, we sneakily avoid that thing because we know it's going to cause us some form of discomfort. The form of discomfort it might be causing is um, due to limited thinking or due to the fact that it carries that thing carries a lot of uncertainty or that thing will bring up things that we're afraid of and therefore it's easier to avoid it. This is the part of my clients who have one-to-one access with me, this is the part that I notice when we've been working together for a little while, that he, this is the bit where they get the most value. This is the bit where they get the most bang for their book. They will. It, I often refer to it as a confession session. Like they'll just come along and drop me a voice note or drop me a text, a little bit like what I did with my own journal. They'll come along and they'll be like, just want to let you know, there's this thing that I'm avoiding and I could really do with you helping me to not avoid that. And so that's exactly what I did with myself. I came in, why can't it grow at the top of my journal page? And I just left it. And the reason that I did that is because I knew I wasn't ready to face it, but I also knew that I needed to hold myself accountable to it. And I I didn't say anything to Jim because honestly, hands up, I just forgot all about it. But what happened was when I woke up a couple of days later, so I don't journal every day. um, I don't even wake up early every day. But when the next time, the next natural time that I woke up early, went down, put the fire on and did some journaling, I opened my journal up and there it was staring me back in the face. Why can't it grow? There is something very powerful (laughs) with coming face to face with the very thing that you wanted to avoid. And that simple act of just writing it down. And it didn't mean, by the way, I wasn't going to if I wasn't going to force myself to answer that question. But I equally, if I wasn't going to answer it there and then, I would have moved that question to another page. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not hold myself accountable for the things. And that's where I want to start here. I want to start the episode 15 minutes in. And I want to start it by saying, it's very, very easy to just avoid a question or avoid a particular topic and then put your, put your attention elsewhere 
But I want to let you know that it's very likely that the very thing that you're avoiding will come and bite you on the arse further down the line. And so I want you to just get used to holding the discomfort of sitting and looking at something in the face, whether that's a question or a conversation or a topic or yourself, you know, maybe it's yourself, whatever it is. Um, I want to encourage that in this episode. And so I know that in that conversation, when he asked me that question, I know that the discomfort that that brought up for me was a sign. I'm very aware now from the work that I do on myself and the work that I do with my own clients, that when that feeling comes of wanting to get away from a topic or a conversation, I'm very aware that that isn't, that's not like, oh, well, that's uncomfortable and therefore I'm going to avoid it. It should be, it should sound more like that's uncomfortable and there's a reason for that and I would like to understand that. See the difference? See the difference? One is that's uncomfortable, keep me the fuck away from it. The other is that's uncomfortable and I can see how it's potentially limiting in business and I'd like to understand that. And so what happened is when I actually set dedicated time aside to sit with that question, the first thing that I did was I looked at, well, if it grew and I just allowed myself to um, write write down, like rapid fire, write down all of the shit that my brain wanted to produce with that concept in mind. So I'm going to read it out to you now, but I want to let you know that I actually, I, I am recording this episode, reading things out loud right now that I I don't actually think or believe now. So, and I want you to understand that because um, when you write in your own journal, sometimes I think the biggest fear that people have is that if they write something down, it means that that's what they think forever. And I want to I want to let you hear that some of the fears that came out of, I was going to say my mouth, but my pen <laughs> at that time, I don't actually believe them now. I don't actually think those things now. So um, here's what here's what I wrote down. Why can't it grow? It would mean more eyes on me. What if my current clients didn't like it? Can I hold that many people? Do I want to hold that more people, that many people? More eyes on me might mean more complaints, more requests, more customer service requirements, more responsibility. Genuine fears around people saying they do not like it. If more eyes are on me, there's genuine fears that's of, sorry, I'm trying to read my own writing, of people saying that they don't like it or they're not happy and I don't want to let them down. It could damage my reputation. It being too much, it could be too much for me to handle. And I think that it's really, do I have anything else to say there? Continued. I think, oh yeah, sorry, there is more. I think the nerve all of this touches. Oh, I think the nerve that all of this touches is on my I've done something wrong nerve because the more eyes that are on me means that more people can spot what I'm do- if I'm doing something wrong. Oh, okay, I know what I mean. So, we all have our underlying fears, and one of my one of my underlying fears that I'm very very aware of isn't that I'm not enough or isn't that I don't fit in or I don't belong. It's that I've let someone down. Like one of my underlying fears that I notice I have to be very consciously aware of that isn't running the show is that I'm letting someone down. I don't, 
I seem to have this um, conditioning. I don't know. It's like I must have had some experiences in maybe in life, in business. And as I'm saying these words, I can actually see the experiences in front of my eyes where I felt like I've let people down. And that's 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 been a very uncomfortable experience for me. And so what I recognize is the more that question, why can't it grow? Why can't you be helping more people? It's like, because the more people are there, the more chance I have of letting someone down, the more chance I have of someone not being fully satisfied, the more chance I have of someone being disappointed. And I think the easy thing to do is not go, ah, there's that fear that I have. There it is playing out. But instead, we just sort of um, hide we hide. And I actually say this, I go on to say this in my journal. This is why I've been hiding because if I hide, I can't be called out. There is safety in hiding, but there is also stagnation and frustration in hiding. And then I go, then, then I go on to say, okay, so no, this isn't what I want. This isn't what I want to do. So now let me explore it. And I go on to talk about other things that I may read in a minute, but I just want you to hear there what I did was I just wrote down a list of things that came to mind in answer to the question, why can't it grow? And I want you to see there that what I didn't try and do was problem solve any of those questions because essentially when we don't um, challenge the questions and we go straight into problem solving, we're not actually looking at it objectively. Like as in, um, let me take one of the things. So uh, would my current clients hate it if more people joined? That's not an objective question. That's a question that's coming from my own fears. And when I actually look at that question, would my current clients hate it? It's a responsibility to ensure that from a, from a quality perspective, my current clients are still getting the best uh, service and experience if I grew this space. So can you see there's different ways to navigate that one question? One way to navigate it is, oh my God, would they hate it? And would they hate me? Those are questions you could ask yourself. Another kind of question that you could ask yourself is, if I grew it, how could I make sure that they still had the same quality of experience? Okay, well, from that place, I can get curious. Maybe I could put on more, maybe the more people who join, the more coaching sessions that are available. So then, then what I'm looking at is my capacity to deliver. Now we're on a different um, playing field of questions, which is why earlier on in the episode, you will have heard me say, the thing is when we're in helplessness, hopelessness, being stuck, being lost, feeling like we're not making progress, a lot of the time what your brain will do in that place is ask you questions that are also limiting. So that question, what if my current clients hate it? It's a very limiting question in so much as it doesn't allow me to explore the solutions to that question. The only thing it, it does is keep me in the space of spiraling around what if they hate it? Do you see that? Because I, I literally in front of my eyes can see the difference between the questions that I allow myself to ask myself and one keeps me in this victim-y mentality and the other positions me in a position of responsibility for my business, for my business results and for my clients' experiences. 
do you see? And I go on to say that in my journal, something feels like it's shifting within me for sure. I now see myself as responsible and therefore I position myself in this way to myself, meaning that I treat my issues differently. I don't come from a place of, oh my God, what if this is shit? I come at I come at this from a place of, I am responsible, from a place of self-security and from a place, what does that say? And from a place of, you don't put up with shit. You don't put up with shit from yourself and from others. <laughs> that is where I'm at. Taking responsibility and taking pride. Living. Living means creating the life that I want to be living as opposed to hiding from the fears that I'm afraid will actualize. Guys, this is from my journal. So I'm reading this to you to help you to see that I'm, this is how I actively am working through some of my own fears. And I want you to see that that all came from a question from my husband that I wanted to avoid. That question was there this whole time. Can you see that? It's like, it's like if you, if you go on a commute to work every single day and there's always a bench that you drive past, that bench was there that whole time. It's just this one time you decided to look at the bench. This is the same. It's like, okay, I acknowledge that that question has been there this whole time, but I, I refused to spend time with it. And that's why I've positioned this episode around how actually seeing your limitations, it's not a bad thing. And because you're doing business at your own pace, it also means that you can take responsibility for how you, how quickly you take action on things as you're working through them. So I recognize from this point, I'm able, seeing what I've seen and positioning myself as a, in a position of authority and responsibility means that I can come at this from a place of, instead of hiding away from the things that I'm scared of, I can instead take pride. I can take pride in by the way, to me, taking pride means making yourself proud of. And I've done an episode, um, I think it's episode 156 or 157, where I talk about, you know, um, holding yourself back. And I talk about not acknowledging your own brilliance. But I go on in my own journal to say, I've, con I've also considered that I also think taking pride comes through in owning your process, your opinions, as in actually having them. And it goes on to say, when you stay nice and quiet about things, nice and humble, it's literally not showing people the whole of your being. That is what it means to take pride. That, it, what it, that is what it means to shine. To fully be yourself means embracing who you are. And I also think this is part of why I've limited my own capacity to earn, to have a reason to hold back. I will not do this. I will not hide parts of myself away. I will do things that make me proud because I deserve that. And then I, the last thing that I say is don't focus on the, the outcome, the results. Don't focus on winning. Focus on your standards. I have standards is such a great act of self-respect. Do define the goal, but don't focus on the goal or the outcome. Focus on your standards. This is what I like saying. I love this is like, oh, sorry. This is like saying, I love you and I uphold standards on behalf of us. And that's the thing, right? When you're in a relationship, you're able to look that other person in the eye and say, I love you 
And I, I have standards that I will uphold on behalf of our relationship. But the same can be said for you and business. Like I love my business. I love Thrive Life and Business. And I have standards that I will take responsibility for upholding. And that also means not avoiding my own shit. You know, that sounds like I love you. I have an obligation to you. I take pride in what I do with you. And therefore I take ownership of the standards that we are here to meet, even if that causes some discomfort. You know, what's very easy is how we can sneakily avoid the questions or decisions or topics that can cause us discomfort due to things like limited thinking, due to things like uncertainty or avoiding things we're afraid of. There may, do you know what? I look at those questions and I'm like, there are questions on that page that I don't yet have the answers to. There are questions on that page that show me uncertainty. But what I know is by working through them, I can develop, I can increase my capacity to hold the discomfort of what uncertainty brings. By working through them, I can increase the capacity to hold the discomfort of my own limited thinking. And I think that this is so important. When we are navigating these things, our brains will produce questions like, well, why isn't this working? And why is it working for them and it's not working for me? And why doesn't why don't people like my stuff? And why this and why that? Your brain is going to produce questions that are actually perpetuating limited thinking. And what I want to show you by giving you my own examples in this episode is you are capable of exploring your own uncertainty, limitations and fears in a more grounded way. But that that um, to do that requires you to sit with it. And be, I don't say that journaling is for everyone. What I am saying is that journaling is just an opportunity to put your own thoughts onto paper and to look at them. There's something very magical that happens when something comes out of the pen and you can see it with your own eyes. I think, and I don't know this, it's just my theory, I think that it makes it easy, easier to be the observer of your own thoughts, to be the thinker of your own thoughts and then to be the observer of your own thoughts because you can literally see the words out in front of you and, you know, like have a laugh. Like I, some of the things that I write in my own journal, I look back on and I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> because I remember sometimes when I'm writing I'm like oh I was angry <laughs> I was really angry or I was really upset and when I look back I can see that you know my perception might have shifted and how big that thing seemed might have got smaller or whatever it is and so I'm not recommending journaling as a you know your only tool in your Mary Poppins bag what I am what I am saying and trying to um demonstrating this episode through my sharing my own things is like look it's one of the tools that can help you be more aware and objective about some of the shit that might be swirling around in your own head you know and I hope that you can hear that we can move from hopeless as in feeling stuck feeling trapped feeling lost feeling like we're not making progress to hopeful as in feeling like we actually do have options really understanding how it feels to maybe not have the answers, but maybe just to know what the next step might be, or even not even knowing the next step, just sometimes to have an awareness of what's keeping you stuck is enough. When we, when we allow ourselves to sit with the things that we dismissed or wouldn't look at, sometimes that is the prize at the end of that. 
And I want to encourage you with me sharing in this episode um, from my own experience. I want to encourage you to do the same. Hopefully what this episode has done is help you to see that we all, all of us, have things that we're hiding from, whether that's, you know, a business issue like what I've brought to the conversation today, or it might be something more basic, but but profound, such as, you know, only you know the food that you're consuming and how shitty it is. Only you know that you're scrolling till late at night and wondering why you're not having enough sleep. I don't know what it is for you. Only you know why you're not starting that business or that podcast or whatever it is that you want to do. I don't know what your thing is. What I do know is my intention from this episode was to help you hear that we all avoid. We all have our own evasion tactics. And instead of just continuing to perpetuate the same feelings of hopelessness and stuckness and lostness, I hope that what this episode has done is show you a real-time example of someone working through some of the things that might be limiting and to show you that just because you feel limited doesn't mean that you really are. But what it what it can mean in getting it all out on pen and paper, what it can mean for you is actually coming face to face with some of the questions that you might not have the answers to, but just seeing them gives you so much power and enables you to take your power back and be like, cool, I can do something from this place. And I might not be able to do it all on my own. I might need to hire someone to help me or mentor me or coach me. I might need to, like, by the way, the other day I said, look, Jim, it was a couple of weeks later and I said, I've I've got an answer to your question. And he was like, what question? (laughs) said, the question that you asked me when we went for that coffee that time, and he was still look confused. And I explained the whole thing too. And he was like, I can't believe that you've been thinking about that. And I was like, of course I have because I'm responsible. I'm responsible for my business. And even if you're in employment, you're still responsible for your career. If there's something that you're holding back from, if there's something that you're feeling stuck on, take responsibility and take pride. And I hope in listening to just the way that I've worked through that in this episode and it's sort of a reflection as well of how I coach my own clients through some of the things that they bring to the table. I hope it's given you enough to inspire you maybe, or just set you off on becoming less stuck with whatever it is for you. So all of that said, I hope this episode has served you. I will continue my own quest for working through some of the shit that limits me and holds me back. And I hope that you'll do the same. All that said, please never forget I am always cheering you on and I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.